This is episode 38 of Sparkle and Destroy podcast, and I am your host, Haley Crusher Kane of the band Haley and the Crushers. Our new EP is coming out next month called Jacaranda. And today we have an amazing guest um, in the studio, and I say studio with quotes around that word. Um, I am recording from my now vacant Airbnb, which has turned into my audio studio slash haven uh, for the time being. Um, today we have Josie Cotton, the new wave princess who has seen an amazing resurgence in the last year or so um, with some awesome albums that I've truly enjoyed, including Everything is Oh Yeah and her awesome new songs um, Cold War Spy and Ukrainian Cowboy. Now, Josie has a brand new album that just dropped, Invasion of the B-Girls, which is a homage to Josie's favorite so bad that they're great um, vintage B-movies. So that's amazing. We're going to be playing a ton of songs um, along with this interview with Josie. A little bit about Josie Cotton and my experience with her I've always been a fan of her early work. Uh, From the Hip is particularly one of my favorites. And also, of course, Convertible Music, which is an iconic 80s classic uh, pop album. Um, So I always kind of knew of her as this wonderful 80s icon, somebody who, you know, took my breath away in the scene, the prom scene of Valley Girl when I was a kid and I saw that movie for the first time. She's obviously drop dead gorgeous. And so um, she's really seen a resurgence recently as she's been re-releasing some of her um, older music that deserves to have a moment in the sun now, but has been sort of shelved due to, you know, managerial things. Um, due to uh, music industry, red tape, and all that stuff. Nothing too exciting to, to talk about there. But the real excitement is that Josie is like on fire right now, and she just um, re-released um, the, the Mastered Invasion of the B-Girls, which is such a fun album to have right now during COVID-19 because you can pretend that you're starring in all of these B-movies as you're traipsing around in your robe and drinking your martini at three in the afternoon, which I can only imagine doing that because if I drink alcohol in the afternoon, you guys know I fall asleep. So <laughs> um, getting in touch with Josie was such a weird thing, I think. And I've said this before, but I feel like if you put out a certain type of energy, you're likely to get the energy back. And it's such a mysterious way that it comes back to you. So Cindy Kona, who is Rodney Bingenheimer's producer and was and was Josie Cotton's manager for a while and also has been a longtime friend of Josie Cotton and also just a wonderful friend to my band, Haley and the Crushers, getting us on Sirius XM, um, has been a fan of us for a while. And so she had been kind of talking Josie's ear off about our band a little bit. And so um, when I went to talk to Josie about working together and possibly doing an interview for Bust Magazine, which we did do, she said, oh yeah, Haley, oh, I know who you are, which it really blew my mind. You know, I'm just this, you know, writer, musician, person living out here in San Luis Obispo. I'm not part of the um, LA music industry. You know, I'm kind of an underground outside person, or at least that's how I see myself. Um, And it's just funny because, you know, Josie did go away from the limelight for a while. She is coming back now and has many fans that have stuck with her through the years. But I'm sure she also can relate to um, the feeling of being an outsider in the music industry. And she's always had that underground edge where, um, you know, us us people down in the underground have always really held her up and, and loved her. And she's been our 
star. You know, she's our icon. So that's kind of how that happened. And as it just so happens, we have a lot in common, which was crazy too. Everything from Soviet era, Cold War spy stuff to just loving all kinds of music from country and new wave and pop and lounge and exotica. So it was really fun to have that in common with her and to be able to just go for it. She is a dream to talk to because she's so open. She's so down to earth and very fluid. Um, she's an amazing songwriter, and I did get to ask a lot of practical questions about how she kind of creates her her songs. So hopefully that is something that you guys find helpful or in, just enjoy um, just basking in the glow of Josie Cotton's energy. She is a unique, singular person. Um, there are not many like her, and so we should celebrate her in 2020, which I believe is Josie Cotton's year, even if 2020 is so uh, not the best year to have. Um, this is her year, and she is she loves um, sci-fi and dystopian, you know, horror and stuff. So perhaps this is the perfect year for Josie. I do hope you guys will go and check out Invasion of the Bee Girls and then go back to her entire catalog, including her latest releases that are all available on streaming. You can pick up physical copies of her albums. You want to go to her record label, Kitten Robot Records, or head over to Josie Cotton's website, which is josiecottonmusic.com. You can also find vinyl um, for the new Invasion of the B-Girls at uh, Dionysus Records as well. So I'm going to link all that into the show notes so you can find it really easily. As you can tell by my quick talking on this intro, I'm just really excited to get into the interview. So let's leave the rambling uh, for after the show. And when we're done with the interview, feel free to stick around because I have a lot of info on our new EP coming out on June 2nd. And I can't wait to share that with you. So let's get it on. It's time for Josie Cotton. Everything sounds wonderful. We are good to go. And let's go into John Waters because not only is Invasion of the B-Girls going to be out really soon, super exciting, but your Female Trouble single just dropped. It was just John Waters' birthday. I know. Was he, had he, had he heard it ahead of time? Was he obsessed with it? I mean, what's the latest on John Waters and you? Well, I, I haven't talked to him in a, in a while, so, um, I don't know um, his reaction. I mean, he's heard it before. I played it for him before, and he loved it. Uh, but not recently. Uh, that that is not something uh, I was in contact with him about. I, I attempted to reach out, and um, I don't know if I have the right email anymore, or if he's he's so incredibly busy. He just keeps doing these amazing shows and festivals, and yeah, and uh, just always trying to follow him around, but. Um, yeah, he's Which my. It's funny because you definitely should be a part of some of his events. So I thought that before. So this way, this might happen in the future. You and John Waters doing a Burger Boogaloo or something like well, that. Well, it was it was something. It was an event at the Madonna Inn. Right. That uh, my friends uh, legal, uh, lethal amounts. Uh, they have a kind of an art, you know, uh, company that they put on all kinds of events and with with him and. Murder, uh, just all this crazy like uh, sh- uh, shows and live shows, and this was all all with them. And so scheduling was such, yeah, you know, and super. Bummed. I had to actually, I had to turn it down. It was bad because I had all these shows already booked. So right, you have that tour. Oh my goodness, 
So I, I, yeah. mean, I know you had to like cancel a lot of stuff, but I want to focus on the positive. And, and yes. let me just say thank you so much to Ray for sending me all the wonderful write-ups about all the songs on Invasion of the B-Girls. Like, I feel like I know the ins and outs of every song there on that album. And oh. it's fabulous. I love it. It's great. Um, um, yeah, I had really, so much fun writing. The, I had so much fun writing those. And yeah. just, it actually makes you look a lot deeper into something pretty shallow, which is, <laughs> you know, but then you find a lot of depth in, in the, the most shallow thing. So that's what yeah. I was trying to do and, and to communicate it. That's why I called it a re-review because it was, I'm sure it gotten reviews, but I'm, I'm going back in time. So yeah, yes, we're time traveling. <laughs>
for, for fans, like um, when everything is Oh Yeah came out, I know a lot of fans saw you come back out of the woodwork and then other fans knew you were there all along and they knew that you'd been recording all along. Um, I was, I was one of those people that was like, I knew your, you know, from the hip and unconvertible music and obviously, um, your, your amazing scene in Valley Girl. I mean, I knew this of you, um, but I hadn't fallen in love with one of your records until, um, again, until everything is, oh yeah, came out and it was so amazing. I just wonder, how many of the people are coming out that are like new fans of Josie and how many people are diehards that are like, thank God, another, you know, all these new releases and new EPs from you? Like, yeah, I am. Uh, I can't tell the difference. I, I mean, usually, generally, if someone is a little older, I, I can tell that they probably were a fan for for uh, a while. And they'll usually tell me at some point, like one of, one of my uh, bands on Instagram, he told me he had seen the original solid gold uh, when I performed on there and which was, which was hilarious to me. But a lot of people are are young and some people from Europe have never heard of me at all. They never even heard of Johnny. Are you queer? That's so exciting. the, uh, the uh, Ukrainian cowboy kind of crossed a lot of international barriers for me. Yeah, and it's a it's a fabulous music video. It's so tongue in cheek. It's so um, campy. Thank you. And great songs on that EP. It's the two songs. Um, yeah, uh, Ukrainian cowboy and Cold War, Cold Spy. War Spy. I wanted to ask you about that. I'm kind of going yeah. in a weird direction here, but do you have a, a any? I mean, I personally love Cold War history. I'm reading a book right now called Stasi yes. Land about. East Berlin and I my sister lives in Berlin so I love like learning about that Soviet history like what's your like interest in that and also do you have any like Russian or Ukrainian like heritage or I have I have some Russian in me and one of my fathers uh there's a whole slew of them he was uh, from uh, Yugoslavia but he had trained in uh Russia as a ballet dancer so I have kind of a little bit of a Russian cowboy thing going on because my granddad was a real cowboy and my father was like a Russian kind of he wanted to be more Russian than he really was but yeah it was just uh it was kind of a little bit of my history but um with that song but for Cold War Spy I've always been just so fascinated by the Stasi. Yeah, me too. And, I, and um, that they were, I mean, because they were the ultimate. I mean, no one was as good at spy craft as those people. And so I started, uh, I started reading about it after I came up with the title of the song. I was like, Cold War Spy. And, uh, and I, then I became obsessed with all of their instruments of torture. And, and there's so many. And, uh, and uh, in listening to, I mean, they actually had uh, on uh, on YouTube. It was a, uh, a recording of someone being brainwashed uh, and giving the instructions to the other Stasi for brainwashing and how to remove someone's soul. There was a name. There's a German name for removing the human soul. <laughs> I was like, what? And uh, and you know. Just the, the reading was so forbidden, especially Aldous Huxley, and yeah, and it was just it, I, I just be, I went into that world so deeply that I still am kind of in it. I think it's, I'll always be in that world funny. because that song. Yeah, when you when you say that the books are banned, I was just at the GDR Museum in East Berlin, um, and I saw the bo- where they put all the banned books, and it was called Poison Box, and that's where my wow. song Poison Box. That's what it's about. Is I was really? inspired by the fact that they could control everything yes. down to what people read. 
So it's just, I'm so happy you're answering in this way. Cause I was like, I know Josie's going to love this. I could just tell you had some affinity to, for this and, and it must like lead into your love of sci-fi and, and all this stuff. And um, yeah. I wonder, I, mean, I actually, I actually bought uh, some various like uh, a uniform, a woman's Stasi uniform. And I got, I went nuts with this. Wow. <laughs> so. Well, I have a question. It's like more towards the end, but I want to know what your closet looks like. So you got oh. vintage, you got a Stasi women's uniform. <laughs> like I can't even Mouse imagine. Tongue. I was really obsessed with him for a while. I go into my, into eras of where I just do in, insane amount of reading and, and thinking about it, wondering and questioning it. And, and um, yeah, the Stasi, I, I, I just uh, really it, did. You ever see the show? The TV show was based on on that. The, the Americans uh, was it? The Americans? Not the. I loved the Americans, but it. it was a different one. It was about. Um, it was actually in that in the in East Berlin during that period of time, and yeah. and uh, oh, it's just so uh, counterpart. Oh no, I have to check it it's out. It's so good. I know for a fact they use all kinds. Of machinery and 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 spy machines because I saw them all online. I and uh, and and yeah, in that song, that's an actual recording uh, of the guy doing the uh, the brainwashing technique in there. Wow. Yeah. Wait, in, in your German. song? Yeah, the very beginning, the the guy speaking German. That is crazy. Yeah. Have you told people this before? Does anyone know? I, well, no one's really very interested in that song. I, I was, you know, oh. they, they, they kind of skip over it, and uh, I I I love talking about it because okay. I, I just it was it was such a, a uh, you know labor of love for me to go into that world and being a spy, trying to make it kind of James Brown, uh, not James Brown, <laughs> James. <laughs> A little James Brown, a little, you know, Mao Zedong. <laughs> no, but a little yeah. James. I James wanted Bond. to have, you know, and I fell in love with spies in general and and the, and the heroism. And, and But there's a certain fashion, glamorous part of it, but there's something really dark. And, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely, uh, people died just to read a book, uh, Animal Farm. I mean, my God. Right. And,
smart but kind of not too smart you don't want to go over people's heads and you don't want to make it too you know stylistic I don't know it was it was the hardest song I ever wrote it took me really I worked on that I just worked on those lyrics in that world and that well it really pops out I mean a lot of the stuff you're doing is re-releasing stuff too right you know you're re-releasing but but when those came out it was like wow this is fresh this is new it's sparkly you know you can tell there's a lot of orchestration I wonder how you approach orchestration because I, your world of songwriting is so beyond what I can even understand as a songwriter because you have these layers that are almost like exotica, like lush layers of sound and like the way you pull the, the melodies uh. together. I'm in awe of it. And I wonder how much of that is all you, is it all your brain or you have a, is your producer like, what's going yeah. on there? I take me well, to the I studio mean, cause you have a studio in Malibu and obviously you're recording there. No. So. Oh no. I have, I have, uh, uh, I don't have that anymore, oh. uh, but I do. Ha- I, I have a, a studio now in, in Filipino town. Awesome. <laughs> Gone, okay. It went East. And, um, but, uh, Paul Rossler is, is a gene musical genius. And, uh, whenever I would bring anything over, he just jumped in into the deep end with me. And, and, uh, and I would say, can I say that in a lyric? And he go, of course. When I say, uh, you know, the, uh, when can you say, uh, the, uh, the purge of Stalin in a pop song? I said, can I really say that? And he goes, <laughs> yes, you have to say. It. Wow. So it was that kind of, you know, uh, and then, the first night we were we're doing uh, Ukrainian cowboy, he started putting all these Russian instruments, and and I say, really, I don't want it to be a joke song. I want this to be, uh, so I had to go and and really make it into like a sad cowboy song, but with all this kind of funny polka thing yeah. going on. We have so much fun in there. It's really him and I in a room, just uh, ha- you know, ha- hashing this out. I'll be back.
but how yeah. you play you play instruments you play guitar right I play I play guitar and I played keyboard on a few items and I actually programmed some drums on my wow. my last record but but uh, that was really fun but I mean ma- mainly I'm 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 just loving to be on stage and playing guitar is just a really fun awesome thing to do you yeah know? but there's got to be a lot of stuff <laughs> happening up here in terms of when you're crafting a song that's got some so much complexity not complexity, I guess, but just it's very well thought out. It's not just a simple pop song, you know, especially your album that's um, um, Disaster mu- Movie Music. Oh, Movie Disaster Music. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, I think I, I said Exotica before, but I would love to bring that up again. I feel like you are bringing all these lush textures and, and interesting like melodies and it's very like... Um, uh, it's got a great ambiance to it. Like, are you into Thank that you. kind of lounge? Oh, yes. Like, is, how much does that influence what you do? Well, uh, I mean, this was what was so hard, you know, being an 80s kind of uh, artist. For, I mean, in, in, you know, as much as fun as it was, I, I had such a, a love of different kinds of music. I mean, I, I, I love shows. certain kinds of bluegrass. I love the lounge stuff. I love... You know, international music. I love rockabilly and and uh, you know, uh, '60s full-on '60s uh, surf music. I don't know. You know, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I um, uh, it just it's whatever the song is is gonna do for itself. I, I just kind of follow the song. I I don't know. I don't really know how to do like other people do. They just have music and then they just start writing. I, I really. It seemed to more come out of an idea, uh, melody, and then idea, and then uh, and then the music kind of you know shows what it wants to be. I guess that's really interesting. And um, I almost feel like I don't know if this is true, but you know, you came from Texas. Do you have a little country in you? I mean, when I heard heard um, the way you rock me, it almost sounds like a Dwight Yoke, a great Dwight Yoakam song. Like yeah. you have a little like Wanda Jackson in you. The way you rock from the bottom to the top I can't deny it cause it's true It's all too much but I can't get enough of it And I believe in credit where it's due I just love the way you rock When you hold me never stop Honey show me what the world
because when you came from Texas, did you bring a little of that attitude with you? And it kind of always was like under the surface. And the second part of the question is, I know you weren't like hanging out with the germs and X and going to the mosque. I've read <laughs> interviews and I, of course that was my first, I love LA punk. So I'm like, I have to ask her all this stuff. Of course you weren't, I know you weren't doing that, but were you, yeah. were you at all like around that great rockabilly scene that was happening in LA at the time? Like country-ish kind of Americana yeah. stuff? Like, Well, when I came from Texas, I, I had rejected all country music and basically because my mom was in Tammy Wynette's fan club <laughs> and I, and I heard it nonstop. George Jones was oh. Jesus, you know, in, in our house. And so I, I, I was more like the, you know, British invasion kind of thing. I uh, was, was how I kind of came into in girl groups. And I mean, it was, was more my angle. I, and I think really it was it just didn't want to, be in my mom's world, you know, so to speak. Is that sounds harsh, but it's so oh, true. yeah, we all do uh, the same thing. Yeah. So when I came out and I met the Payne brothers, they were working with Levi and the Rockettes, and they were working with the Go Go's and Fear, and they had a whole uh, rockabilly scene going on. And I met some of those people, but they're the ones when I when I met them and and we were talking about working together and they said you have to listen to Tammy Wynette I, it was the first thing they said you got to study her singing and her songwriting and I went really God this is like the irony is just killing me here but but <laughs> that's hilarious but, oh my god but but and I started listening to her records and my god the amount of emotion she can she can pull so much finesse and 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 just the delicate way she just pulls your heart out of your chest I don't know yeah I was so and she has so much control I mean her vocal control is incredible yeah Uh, so I I you know uh, learned how to sing just kind of copying up singers I liked and sing and uh, so I I I went on a Wanda Jackson and Tammy Wynette you know, phase where it was just yeah. trying to come a little close to um, that, you know, that type of singing because it was just so, so incredible to me. It, it, and it right. still is. You listen to it now and you think, wow, the character, the authenticity, the imperfection, yeah. but also, like you said, the vulnerability that comes out. And Tammy is almost like this icy, cold, like not cold, but like Loretta Lynn is like, you'd hang out and have a beer with her. But like Tammy has like the, almost a Hitchcock blonde, like there's something about the way she composed herself when she sang too, that was just like, oh my God, you're killing my heart. (laughs) But but to see her and George Jones, I've been looking at some of these, uh, their old videos recently and when they were singing to each other, because he, he was the male version of her, he's just an incredible singer and it was just, it was like, almost like on the level of when Anne margaret and Elvis, you oh. know, were, there's so, there's so much chemistry and, and incredible, you know, artistry. And I don't know, just kind of fell in love with them. And, and my mom got to see it. <laughs> That's incredible. So. so your mom was just like, gotcha. Girl. Yeah. That's great. Like, I love it. You. <laughs> um, are there any contemporaries from the eighties that inspired you at the time that you loved and are you surprised yeah. that some of them are still around? Like, are there are there groups you're surprised still exist? Like, X has a new album coming out. The Go-Go's are still touring. Like, are you shocked about some of that? Or are you kind of like, you know, how do you feel about that? At the time, you must have thought all these bands are just, they're not going to be around in 30 years or 20 years. Like, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that I'm still around, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
but I was inspired by the Go Go's. I, I was. I um. I, I love the, the the their melodies and the you know um, just you know their songwriting was amazing and and so they were inspiring to me and missing persons you know I uh, I I heard their demo before it ever came out really and I was in uh, this when we were as we were recording Johnny Are You Queer and someone came in with this demo this is this new band and it was missing persons and I went wow. oh my god I'm in serious trouble here because this is fantastic <laughs> and um, so yeah so that was uh, uh, something I mean I didn't really think of anything long term I, I i'm surprised 80s has survived it is like think we're in the third re in uh resurgence you know, re-falling yeah. in love with you know, the nostalgia for it uh is pretty uh, is pretty consistently you know going on and uh, it was a an innocent time i didn't realize it was so innocent until now <laughs> because as i as i someone sent me the uh Valley Girl, you know the new the new movie, and yeah. uh, and I just you know actually Nate he he texted me and he said he said they're you know they're doing the Valley Girl remake musical and um, I said well how are they gonna modernize it if if they do it as innocent as it was done it's gonna be a parody uh, it'll be yeah. a comedy <laughs> right so if they're gonna make it contemporary they've got to add school shootings and you know opioids and and a, now a pandemic <laughs> and maybe there's like a like a thruple like there's a couple of like <laughs> yeah all this you know yeah. and all of it and um so i don't know how they're gonna walk that line That's I, so I just interesting. don't know when does that come yeah. out did that already come out or I, I just saw it last week, so I don't okay. think it's 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 too new. They keep tagging me in in it, and um, I'm I'm scared to see it. But I, the picture <laughs> is suspect because they're all wearing pastel, like baby blue and and pink. You know, everyone in the photo. Looks oh, like, really? Huh. That's that's uh, not quite. You know. They probably idealized it, I would say, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. And how, how weird for you to suddenly be like, I'm an 80s icon? Like, suddenly, like, yeah, you. it's strange that you have to kind of deal with people repackaging your reality and, like, what you lived and, like, selling yeah. it. That's so strange, but... You know, the yeah. world is strange. <laughs> the world is that uh, we live in interesting times. <laughs> we certainly do. And nostalgia is speeding up, isn't it? You could have nostalgia for two weeks ago and nostalgia for 10 years, you know, five years ago. And it's crazy. It's like all being things repackaged move. and sold. And things move fast. And yet I meet I meet people in, in, in clubs out, 20-year-olds, and they know exactly who I am. And they're yeah. very familiar. It's kind of shocking It's uh, to be remember and I just go how do you know me like I I disappeared for a long time I'm uh yes speaking speaking of disappearing I have to read this tweet that you tweeted in 2011 you said wow everything slipped past me so fast hello from a million years ago I'm back this was 2011 I did one tweet (laughs) and I (laughs) and I wonder like are there new ways of you like I know you've had kind of um a dark um, history with like r- the record business and labels and it's been hard sure. for you. Um, have you found with technology, like you have more agency over your own music and like, are there certain things about technology now that you really like about, you know, how you can take your own music into your own hands and how do you feel about social media? Do you not like it? I mean, well, I, you know, I didn't really realize that I was thought so kindly towards until MySpace. really. I, oh. 
uh, I had a, a a really odd relationship with the press and and the whole you know you've you've read all about that yeah and uh, so uh, you know in corporations and my record company and my management and all, all of that and so um, I didn't know people thought you know nice things about me so that was amazing and I and I was able to connect with them and and I I just came back New Year's Eve uh, 2018 New Year's Eve. And I, I really have met some incredible people. I like it. I think it's it's a, a, an amazing place to meet people of the same tastes, and and uh, and some of them are fans, and some and uh, and some of them become your friends. And um, you know, I really like it. Um, but you know, I've always had a. Rec- Ever since I I kind of left the music business, I've always had a recording studio. So I I uh, that was my. Uh, that was my little window of, to the world of uh, I could still be making music and be around people who had dreams. <laughs> I didn't want to shatter their dreams by my dream, but uh, but I um, I love being around people who who love the process of writing and recording and and um, so and then I, I would just keep doing it and once in a while I put something out and and uh, half-heartedly go oh well we'll just throw it out there and uh so um were you producing as well i i'm i'm co-producing yeah yeah yeah. for yourself but also others as well i've never produced for anyone else oh yeah i never have done that i was interested in that because i know you've always had like a studio yeah and that's such a big part yeah yeah um i mean the first studio was with gaze x and um right uh he 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 produced uh, a lot of this record i mean most of it really for Invasion um, so, of the B-Girls? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's him playing guitar all over it and stuff. So, um, I don't know, I have such great talent around me. I, I just I just don't see myself at the board, you know, like, uh, <laughs> dude, I just, I know. Yeah, I, I understand uh, that. I'm, I'm kind of that way too, but I just wonder, I mean, I just know you, that's been such a big role in your life, having the yeah. studio. Not all artists have a studio that they're always kind of creating out of, and you're unique in that. Maybe not unique, but it's something about you that's I find interesting. You're, you're hands well, on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was our business, and um, and um, you know, it wasn't just a hobby. It was an actual, uh, yeah. you know, place where we and did all still you know paul was recording so much music and um and everything so um paul is, got, is paul guys at giza uh paul rossler oh okay sorry paul rossler he was in the screamers and right. the nina hagen and all that right and, right and uh, yeah so he's he's he lives there so he's um he's busy all the time we can hardly people want to come in now when it's <laughs> when everything is shut down and he says, what do you think about that, Josie? I went, uh, I think it's been decided for us. And the, the people you're talking about, they, maybe they, they, they played too long at the fair, you know, like, it's like, uh, I, you know, musicians, I don't know. They're around a lot of crowds of people. I just, I just wanted to be safe. So, mm-hmm. so we, we, uh, skipped the, uh, secret recordings. Oh, well, you're, you're being smart. I'm glad you're being smart. So yeah, appreciate that. Um, I just had a question in my mind. Now it's going away. Um, uh, 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 um, oh, right. Uh, cause we're talking about LA. 
So I wanted to ask you, I mean, because you were around LA at this amazing time, like obviously you met Rodney Bingenheimer and your BFF is Cindy. So I really wanted to know how you met Cindy and how you met Rodney and if, you know, you had a relationship with Rodney as well, because I recently got to to meet him and he was so so lovely. And um, I just wonder how much of that scene you were a part of. Well, I, um, I wasn't a part of Rodney's scene and I actually get, I've only met Cindy once. We were totally like uh, internet phone call, texting uh, friends, and and uh, and so that's feels really sad to me. I really want to see her, but she, you know she's over there and it's beautiful. But Rodney, he just um, started playing. He was the first person to play Johnny You Queer. He was so, awesome. Yeah. So and I was you know writing on you know, on Pacific Coast Highway at sunset. And, uh, and I mean, every artist remembers the first time you're on the radio. And it was just like, we're driving and the sun's going down and Larson goes, hey, there it is. And it was, it was like the, the moon and stars kind of all came together in one wow. magnificent moment. It's just what the moment you dream of. And it was, it was great. It was like a magic thing.
So how many years did it take for you to like get a song on the radio from starting when you got off the bus or whatever, got out of the car in LA? Like how long did yeah. it take? Um, uh, it took, uh, it wasn't, uh, it was three years. Okay. That's wow. Yeah. That's actually not bad. That's not, it's pretty fast. And the fact yeah. that you, you kind of rocketed after that. I mean, it's so, I mean, it happens to, you know, quite a few people, but still. Yeah, I rocketed and then I crashed to earth <laughs> pretty quickly. Or I just disappeared into into the ether or something. Yeah. Some metaphor. Did you ever meet Angeline? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny you asked me that. Uh, yeah, I met her. I actually um, uh, went to a sh- concert of hers. and um, in baby, When she was in Baby Blue? Or whatever. Uh, it was just company. Angeline. Oh, okay. When she did Peter, I want your gun and and okay. little baby duckies. I don't know if you ever heard those, but I don't know. Anyway, so she was always trying to get the Pain Brothers to produce her, and wanted, and then wanted them um, uh, to do it. They wanted she wanted them to do it for free, and um, and they just you know because her boyfriend had the billboard company and all that, and that's how she got her billboards and and all this stuff, but. Um, at one, we used to live on the same street, um, Beachwood oh Cannon, and she had a yellow vet. And I, my mom had given me this crazy car. It was a Mercedes, uh, uh, old Mercedes, and she painted it the color of her high heels, which were hot pink. And every day I'd pass Angeline and go, oh, there's Angeline in her yellow vet. And then one day I passed her, and this is after like a couple of years. And her, her her vet was pink, the same exact color. <laughs> it's my car, and uh, and so she, and no, my producer <laughs> said she came up and she said, "I see Josie painted her car pink, like and I've seen her every day." Oh my and, goodness! Uh, and then he said, "Well, you know, she's had that for a while." And and uh, the classic line she said was, "Josie doesn't own the color pink." Oh, that's so and, uh, Angeline. <laughs> It's so Angeline. I have I have stories that we, I probably can't even say uh, uh, on your show because yeah. it's some um, weird stuff. <laughs> I won. So I won a ride with her in 2016, oh, and I got to go on a ride with her. And she drove so crazy in her Corvette that I threw up everywhere. No, <laughs> not, I love that. Not in her did car. Photograph it. Did you get, did you get film of that? No, but I wrote a song about. Well, I wrote a song about Angeline. It's coming out on my new EP, actually, and I'll send. I'll really? send it to you. Yeah, it's 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 about her. Just this is before everyone knew who she, her real name and all this stuff when I wrote it and her the mystery surrounding her. But oh, I had an experience in that car. I threw up at a oh seven. My. She, I was like, I need to get out of this car right now. And she was playing her own music in the car. We're listening to her music, of course. And I'm like, you know, I'm asking all these questions. I was pretty nervous. Um, I don't know why I was so nervous to meet Angeline. I guess she's just so otherworldly. Like, I just thought she was going to be an alien. And so I just said, we need to stop. We need to stop. So she stopped at the 7-Eleven. I went inside, threw up everywhere. And then I turned and realized there was a glass window. She saw everything. I went up to the, uh, the counter and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to help you clean up. And I got car sick and he was like, no, it's fine. He like got a, a, a mop and stuff. And then I went back out to the car and Angeline just said, so does this mean you don't want to get Froyo? Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. I just said, no, I don't. I just want to go back to the coffee <laughs> bean. Just drop me off. Um, but before that happened, it was a, it was a good experience, but it was definitely like, wow, this person, I mean, they don't make them like Angeline. 
right? She's so... Yeah. And they, she has this movie or this uh, TV show now being made about her. I don't know if you saw... Yeah, they asked me to write songs for it. Uh, at one point, I went in to to talk to them, and uh, I think I knew too much about her real life, and they got nervous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but... but um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I wrote a couple, of, because of that show, I started writing a couple of Angeline songs that they probably couldn't put in there. One of them is You Don't Own the Color Pink, and the other was uh, I Write Bad Checks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's so crazy. I mean, of course, yeah. you have all these crazy stories by Angeline. You know, you should write a memoir one day, and I would read every word, so please do that. <laughs> I will. I will um, do it, I think, yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you, um, not that this even matters necessarily, but like, I know when Johnny Are You Queer came out, there was some discrepancy about, oh, well, is this derogatory? And people were scared of it. They were scared of the word queer back when you first put it out. Have you, you, you seem like a total gay icon to me. Like you just have all the elements of that. Have, has the gay community like adopted you ever? Like, do you feel like you are of that kind of, you know, I know Cindy's son is like a a drag performer and you must have some proximity to this world. Like, well, I mean, I grew up around, my mom had a ton of gay friends. And uh, so I grew up in that world. My father was a gay ballet dancer. I mean, I, you know, I was enmeshed Wait, in that. your father was a gay ballet, ballet yeah. dancer? Wow. Yeah. The Russian yeah. one? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, we didn't, he, you know, it, it, it turned out that he was, he was gay, but we didn't really know it until a certain point and became pretty clear. But, but, um, I mean, at the time, um, mainly I, they thought of Johnny Queer as an anthem, you know, that everyone I ran in, in, you know, uh, ran across and met. And my first show was at a, a gay, a gay bar and they gave me a golden dildo. It was so cool. So this and, is all uh, this bad press that you got then. All this kind of history, this the gay the gays never the gays never didn't like Josie. Uh, the only the only uh the only time there was an issue with with uh uh that is in New York. And I think it I think it coincided around the same time when AIDS was coming out. I think mm. it, it it uh I mean the song came out and then um AIDS became such a uh, you know, um, an important issue, and uh, people were very politically correct. Uh, They're very serious, and um, um, I think if it had come out a little earlier, it would have. They there were some who were um, uh, upset, but in on the East Coast, not on the West Coast, right? Uh, which was so schizophrenic the reaction, but mainly. Um, Mainly the people against it were the religious right and the Catholic Church and um, stuff like that. And they used it in the uh, they used it in these conversion camps in Utah where to, you know, to the young gay boys. And uh, would you, they would play Johnny. Are you? I have a friend who went through it. He's from Utah and they would play it like piercingly loud over and over for like, you know, 18 hours and. and they play Johnny and Queer until they're crying. So that's like <laughs> something the Stasi would do. I know. Wow. I know. So that was their, uh, you know, uh, it was used as a torture technique. So, um, oh my but God. mainly, I mean, most of the people didn't, 
didn't even know it was an issue. Like there's just like the kids who were listening to it in discos and it was like, you know, pretty much an international hit in discos. And, uh, and they didn't know there was anything, you know, wrong with that word. They didn't know, uh, it was, it was, uh, it, it slipped into the, um, you know, vernacular. So, so easily at that point, because they didn't know it was a bad word and it, and uh, then the right people own the word after that. Right. So, I mean, I think it was, I don't think you could, I, if, if that song had never come out, I don't think someone could come out now and have that same song title, you know, even if it was different music. It, it's, 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 we're too, um, we're too sensitive now. And um, yeah, so someone was asking me that. Uh, and I just don't, I think, no, I don't, I think that was the only time it could have come, you know, into the world was right. Yeah, and then. it really, I mean, for bad, it changed the world. I mean, it really changed culture, that song. Yeah, how, I mean, how funny, that's the song, you know, you're, it's going to follow you forever. Um, but I yeah, think it's important and, uh, to set the press. Like an, Go ahead. No, it was almost like an, uh, people say, well, how does it feel to be, you know, like to have a, such a huge, you know, hit? Or, and I said, well, it was more like an atom bomb. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, it was. Uh, it had, you know, huge, uh, you know, side effects uh, in, in all kinds of bizarre ways. It was very schizophrenic to, uh, to watch the world react to that song. Yeah, and it just—it's just fascinating. It's crazy. Wow, and it's still such a big song today, um, and people want to cover it. You know, still. Although, who would do that now? I mean, the, I don't it's think all the best. Anybody would would do it. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. And then it's great. The Screeching Weasels did it, and you interviewed them, too. Yeah. They're so cool. Ben yeah. is like a, a sweetheart. Yes, yes. And um, I would love to see more collaborations and such with you and more, you know, just seeing you pop up in a cameo, you know? Do you have <laughs> anything like that coming up in terms of, like, um, movies or, or shows or bands or? No, not, not, not really right now. Nope. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, planning, I'm planning on a project where doing uh, duets with different artists cool. and that's um so yeah so but like but kind of the uh the more the rockabilly kind of uh, uh kind of countryish thing uh nice. beautiful duets of my favorite songs oh, nice. wanted to do yeah so what female kinda, like artists like are on your bucket list that you really want to meet are there a lot of especially female artists are there ones that you have always wanted to meet that you haven't yet um, I mean, I, you, I want to meet you. <laughs> Josie, <laughs> you're trying to give me a heart attack over here. <laughs> I mean, I, I've become very friendly with Kate Clover and she's incredible, um, you know, artist and singer and, and, um, you know, I really, you know, adore her and, um. Uh, yeah, you put me on the spot here. Sorry, come we'll, we'll come back to it. I just okay. wonder, like in my in the the greatest world of worlds, it's like Dolly Parton, Josie Cotton, the oh. the brunette and the blonde, like doing a duet or something like that. You know, I mean, there's people out there that are, they're so hard to get in touch with, but I bet there's some way you could do it. You know, well, Wanda Jackson, I I gotta say that's she's she's a really amazing, uh, you know, influence. You know, yeah. That would be amazing, yeah. Yeah, I bet I bet you could make that happen, or Ray could make that happen. You got to make that happen. Um, okay. So I have just like some random questions that the, I just kind of sure. had. Um, we all, we already went through what your closet looks like. 
Um, oh, if you weren't a songwriter, like, what do you think you would be? Like, if you weren't doing this, like, if your life of all these, you know, wasn't, wasn't music, what would you be doing? Um, well, I've always loved writing. I mean, just writing, writing. Um, and, um, I would probably be, you know, writing, uh, really bad science fiction books or something. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, well, when I was little, I, the thing that I really wanted to be was an architect. And I wow. was really uh, mesmerized by, um, they called it modern architecture then, and it's still kind of modern, the mid, whole mid-century, mm-hmm. um, you, know, uh, you know, architectural world of houses. And I used to draw them. I, I never would draw flowers or you know, pet animals. I have always drew houses. Oh, <laughs> just like, yeah. And I just uh, have a, a design, uh, Jones, uh, all kinds of, um, you know, interior design and, and house, uh, you know, remodeling and all that stuff. I love all that. I, I, I get a thrill out of that. <laughs> I can see that, you know, with the fashion and, you know, how you architect, how you create your own style. You know, it's, it's very, you definitely have a, a style that you are going for, you know, you, you create it like it is like an architect's creation. Like you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I yeah. have, I have some help. I have, I have an amazing genius girl who really has helped me. Um, and stylist. With the, yeah. Stylist. Rhea Warner. Wow. Yeah. She, uh, she's, uh, she's worked with everybody, but she's like become my, really really great friend so now you know she has to work for me because we're like so close uh i mean you know she she helped me uh with that video the uh uh, she went to london with me and and styled that whole thing so pretty amazing yeah and dressed the dancers and all of that I have to, and I have to bring this up. So you had go-go dancers at your Everything Is Oh Yeah release, which I'm so jealous of. And the pictures looked amazing. Um, did you feel a sense of camaraderie, like among the LA people kind of coming out to support you for that? And, and, and I, I, don't, I know you, do, you did perform and before COVID, like you did a lot of shows and stuff. I mean, but it seemed like a special kind of night. Like, was, how was that for yeah. you? Like, that it must have been a big special. deal. It seemed like a big deal. It was really special. I, um, I I had been playing some of these 80 shows and, and whatnot, right. but uh, this was a, a night where I saw people who knew all my music because I, I played from a lot of different records and they, and there are people singing along to the records I couldn't believe they, they'd heard. I, you know, I never think of my music being uh, heard because it's always gets <laughs> lost somehow. But um, yeah, they were singing along and like people were swaying like in some songs. I was I was pretty touched about it. You know, um, uh, it seemed uh, like that was a, a wonderful night. And all in all, were you there? No, but it seems like you would feel lucky you got to do that before all this COVID-19 stuff happened. And yeah. it just to me, like when I saw the photos, it felt like, wow, like a really kind of like down to earth, like kind of punky kind of show. Yeah. Like you could tell that everyone that was there was just stoked on you and excited. And, um, I don't know, I guess I just, my imagination ran wild. I wish I could no, have been was. there. You were totally right. And that, and you playing Donna, guitar, you know, you playing, yeah. it's just really cool. And the prima donnas are such a good you know, friends of mine. Um, um, you say they were opening and, um, you know, he's, I lost my guitar player now. He's in green day. 
Oh my God. Well, that kind of, Hey, Kevin, <laughs> what are you going to do? I, know. I, was like, <laughs> like, I was like, come on, Kevin, I don't want to play with them, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but they're, they're making great music though. Now I, I really actually love their new single. Do you have any recommendations in terms of sci-fi books or movies to watch right now during the um, pandemic <laughs> that are either strangely close to what's going on or just completely fun and just out there and it's distracting. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let me turn around and show you. I have a, I have a whole science fiction section here. Oh my goodness. Wow. So there's my adventures doll and a Philip K. Dick is big on my list wow. and, and all these James Corey has a, an amazing series uh, of science fiction books and and uh, the Leviathan Wakes this is the first in the series it's wonderful and uh, uh, you know Neil Stevenson Snow Crash that's a really okay. good one and Margaret Atwood yeah uh, you know she she's a science fiction writer yeah. mainly and uh, the, uh, what is it called Madame Madame Dam anyway. She, just anything that she's written is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of doing um, reading The Handmaid's Tale right now. Oh, so oh yeah, I'm gonna do that. Oh, that's amazing, and yeah. it, it's it's actually kind of prophetic. It, yeah, it's uh, in a strange way. It's uh, it's sadly coming true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm reading right now the the, the follow up. She finally wrote the uh, follow up. She never thought she right. would have to write the follow up, but you know the story continued on. And so I'm reading that now. And now I dream that I'm in the handmaiden's tale world and it's oh, wow. no good. It's not a good world. <laughs> that's I so, felt lucky to come back to the Cordova world. That's so lovely though, that she's come back to it. And it's almost like you're coming back to, you know, the public life more and more. And, you know, it's yeah. like, that's really cool. I just, you know, I just feel so lucky. Um, I feel like I'm getting better as a, as a songwriter and, um, and, uh, you know, I sometimes wonder how long I can just keep going, but I'm just, I feel like I'm on a roll and you as are. long as the world is, is cheering me on, I'm, I'm in this, you know, I'm in this for the, the count. I'm in it to win it. <laughs> and we're all lucky you are. Cause you're absolutely, um, your energy is inspiring and we're all feeling it. And this is the time, this is your year. Sadly, sadly, <laughs> it's sad. Uh, <laughs> yes, now go into your cave. 2019 um, to 2023 is Josie Cotton's year. Yeah, we'll just give yeah. it a little extra time. But uh, you've been lovely. Um, thank you so much for doing this. This has been really, really um, a bucket list thing for you. me. So I appreciate it. I, I really, really uh, hope to meet you in the real world. Let's do it. This isn't real, is it? This yeah. is like, this is not real. Let's go to Cantor's Deli. Cantor's down. Okay. Um, we'll go have dinner with Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he'll have me back, I really peppered him with a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Oh, he adored you. Cindy told me. He was nice, but I thought, wow, I'm really coming on strong. Um, I only have one volume, <laughs> Josie. Um, so just to end this, um, I ask all my guests how they sparkle and how they destroy. Sparkle meaning however you want to take it, but I'm sure you understand that. And destroy either breaking down barriers or how practical ways that you, um, you know, do what you do as an artist, you know? Cause I think it takes both those things to like make it as an artist. You have to like yeah. believe in yourself and like you have to shine and like right. you also have to kind of 
kick down doors and kick people in the balls a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a certain uh, balance there. I mean, I would say the most important thing as an artist is to, is to be your authentic self. And that is uh, because if you if you're not then then you really have nothing if it doesn't work. <laughs> At least, you know, whatever happens, you have been authentic with yourself and it's finding your own voice. That's hard. It's hard to find yeah. your, your, what you're trying to say and, and uh, all that. That's, that's, I'm still discovering about <laughs> what, I'm, what the hell I'm trying to say here. But uh, <laughs> and in terms of, uh, I just, I think perseverance, you know, it's, 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 it's a cliche, but you just you have you can't let go. You have to hold on so so tightly, you know, and um, and just see it through, you know, you know, and, and be like a, a warrior. I mean, really, like Zena the Warrior Princess, kind of like that. Yeah, beautiful yeah. words. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I ask for my my listeners, but also for me because you know everyone I talk to has a little bit of knowledge that's they say it in a different way that it just yeah. hits you in a different way, and it's like I can never get tired of hearing that encouragement because as artists and as women artists, we need to be bathed in that all the time to like keep doing what we do. So it, it's right so on. true. No. And I, and I love seeing you out there in the world and, and, and everything you represent is so good. And it's, it's inspiring to me. Thank you. Oh my yeah. Yeah.
thanks so much to Josie Cotton and to Cindy Kona for connecting us. Um, from the very beginning of the show, you heard Female Trouble off of Invasion of the B-Girls out now. Then you heard Cold War Spy and Ukrainian Cowboy from Josie's Ukrainian Cowboy EP, which came out last year, followed by The Way You Rock, one of my favorite songs off of Everything Is Oh Yeah. Johnny, Are You Queer? off of Convertible, convertible Music, of course. Um, and then finally, uh, you just heard Girl in the Gold Boots off of Invasion of the B-Girls. Uh, again, please go support Josie Cotton by buying her music over at josiecottonmusic.com. And as promised, here's a few details about our upcoming EP called Jacaranda that is coming out on June 2nd. Um, it's going to be coming out on vinyl with three colors to choose from. You can get it from Rita Records in Canada, as well as from Surf and Kai Records in Italy. Um, the band will also have some available in the U.S., so they will be available on our Bandcamp eventually. Um, if you want updates on the pre-order that's going to be coming up, just go to HaleyandTheCrushers.com and then click on Newsletter. Um, we're going to have a pre-order up pretty soon, and if you want a fun laugh, um, we do have a really silly um, Ramones cover we did for the Drunk Dial Records Stay Home compilation, a tribute to the Ramones album Leave Home. Uh, we did cover Susie is a Headbanger and we did create a masterpiece, <laughs> a music video in one day by using dollar store green paper that we uh, posted up in our backyard and we created a green screen. So it's a really silly video. It's really fun. Um, but we are proud of the song that we did record in quarantine with the help of our friend Gabe um, Ussery in St. Louis, who was able to send us some drums remotely. So if you want to see that as well, you can see everything at HaleyandTheCrushers.com. And if you do want to contact the podcast, go to sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com and leave us a message. Or um, you can find me on Instagram at HaleyandTheCrushers.com or at Haley Crusher. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging around and I'll see you next time. Sparkle hard. <laughs>